Hello, friend. Welcome to Mr. Rewatch, your Mr. Robot recap show. And this episode is brought to you by a stand-up comedian and a Dogecoin enthusiast. I'm Erin. I'm Hiroja. Hiroja Shai. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. This is going to be a blast. I love talking about Mr. Robot. Oh my God, it's all I want to talk about now. Yeah, especially this season. This season is probably one of the best seasons I've seen on television. I would agree with that. Yeah, I was very amazed by it. It is very emotional and subtle and exciting. It has like all the layers and is really, really shifting how people tell stories, in my opinion. The storytelling is especially strong in this one, I think, which is why it's so much fun to talk about season three with people. Yes, and not only that, but I didn't realize because I love season two that no one likes season two, but you couldn't get all the payoffs in season three without that season two, more so than season one, you know? I agree, but I also like season two. Yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't like season two. It wasn't very exciting. I was like, what? <laughs> so it wasn't until I watched this season, I started talking to people that I realized that no one really liked season two. And I was like, I hope they didn't shift too much because of that. And I don't think they did. And I'm, I'm glad for that because that happens a lot with television shows. I agree. They seem very responsive to small fluctuations. Mm -hmm. And so, but I didn't realize how much people didn't like it either. No, it wasn't until like the beginning of this season. I was like, really? No one likes season two? But maybe I'm in my own little bubble and I just didn't realize that. It's hard to say because I think we're, I mean, we're both Mr. Robot podcasters, so we're quite immersed in this. Mm -hmm. And so um, what is, how are you involved in the Mr. Robot universe? Um. Well, I started recording right off the bat um, off of one of my other podcast shows before I separated out the feed. Just right off the bat, like the first episode is like, I have to talk about this because it was just talking about like social issues and technology and it was very engaging and it wasn't like the typical Hollywood hacker thing. It was like how people with, who deal with technology actually talk and interact and deal with technology and it was talking about some of the things that were kind of going on when Mr. Robot was first appearing um, in 2015. And just, just, you know, sharing and talking about it. And even though I don't participate in it, I follow the Mr. Robot um, ARG game, like the subreddit and the people breaking the, the, the code and stuff. And just, it just blows my mind how many, so many layers there are to this show and how many different ways people can view and watch this. They can like binge it. They can watch it week to week like we do and talk about it. Or, you know, they could play this little RG game that is very immersive or they can, you know, be very casual, but still not um, still have something worth it. Like they don't feel like they're missing something if they're not like a hardcore fan or into everything. So, yeah, that's I think that's a, my way of contributing is just sharing, liking and supporting the, um, other people out there that like Mr. Robot. I think that's awesome. And so this season is, it's really rich in terms of the storytelling and its ties to current events. Did you have favorite parts of season three that you want to talk about? Um, I think everyone says the uh, one shot episode, which is pretty amazing. I don't think that's ever been done on television. Um, I talked about it on my show where you have like, I don't know if you remember, like ER did the, like the live show thing, that live show stunt. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, like back in the day. And then they did like the East Coast and West Coast. And then I think uh, for the last season, of I don't remember if you know this old show on uh, Fox called The Rock. 
uh, they did like the entire season was basically like one act or two act plays live um, for an entire season that was like their final season. But I've never seen an entire show shot one shot. So cinematically, that was a great episode. But I think the the following episode was way, way better. The impact episode where uh, Angela had to come to the realization of what she had just done. Elliot scrambling around trying to uh, undo what has happened and battling Mr. Robot and having like a kind of like coyote-esque um battle it was just so funny and then that cliffhanger where you're like oh my god i've been focusing on the wrong thing i've been we're all trying to save this one building and we really weren't seeing the forest from the trees and that was just mind-boggling because it wasn't like a cheap twist it was like if you really paid attention and if you go back, you can almost see, even back to season two, that the 71 buildings were going to go. But because they do a lot of misdirect, like a magician here, which is something like hackers have a kind of a akin to, you can see how you could be fooled in believing something for so long and then have it just disappear on you. So, yeah, I would say that the following episodes, episode six was the best one. Here's a question that just came to me. So I never see the plot twists coming in the show. Do you see them before they happen? I've seen a couple of them, but a lot of them, like, it's like you're so hesitant. You're so trained now by Mr. Robot to not believe anything, not to believe your eyes, not to believe something to be unreliable. Um, but for the most part, like when it happens, it's like, oh, I can see, I can go back in my mind and see all the clues. So a lot of it I don't see coming. Um, but there was a couple things that I, I think I have seen, but it, it depends on whether or not they, they pay off or not. But I, I, I give credit to the, you know, Sam Esmail and the writers and the actors where you're, you're going along, chugging along, thinking you know something, and then they, they do the twist on you and you're like, no. I think the biggest, the biggest heartbreak was... Uh, the Frederick and Tanya episode, but you know, it does make sense. It's not something that is uh, just, you know, like a Dex ex machia thing or like game of Thrones where all of a sudden we're checking the rules because we want to do something, whatever, you know, it makes sense. So some things I do kind of see, but a lot of it, I don't, but when I go back, I can go, okay, I see where they, what they were doing and what I missed. I often have that experience where I'm like, oh, how did I miss that? Yeah. Right? There's like, this show is so layered. And I thankfully, you know, it's one of the few shows like where I, when I go onto Reddit and in the Reddit posts where I actually enjoy the dialogue because we all go back and like, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Does that mean anything? Does it mean something this? And then something someone sees like back in season one actually has a meaning in like in season three. But we just didn't know what it meant. Are like, for example, that weird uh, scene that Angela had with uh, the questioning by the young girl. One of the questions you already knew the answer to if you really paid attention in season one. And it's just those kind of layer things. There's like, oh, oh my God. Or the, the fact that when she got picked up by Philip Price's people, she had the uh, hang in there kitty poster she hung up when she was going through, going through that crazy 
stage that she was going through. Um, hang there. That that was a poster. It was in the background in season two. But if you put, participate in the ARG game, you also saw that as uh, something associated with Angela already. So it's just like little weird layer things that you have no idea what they mean. But when they pop up and have significance, you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's what that means. I'm glad I noticed that. I just didn't know what it meant. Now, this can be kind of a tough question for mm -hmm. people to answer, but I'm curious if you have a favorite character right now. I, I'm i torn between either Irvin or White Rose at this point. Um, White Rose, uh, when she was first introduced, we were like really super intrigued by, by her, and we're thinking she's on the same side as Elliot. But as the season progresses, you're beginning to realize when you look at the first introduction that she's a femme fatale. She was the villain for the beginning. And if you just look at the introduction and, and go back to it, because Sam Ismail always layers the show with like certain uh, genre moments or certain cues to different movies, like whether it be Pulp Fiction or Fight Club or Shallow Grave, um, certain scenes that you can tell that's like a lot. I would say a lot of like the first seven episodes were like clues or cues to horror genres. Like if you pick a horror genre, it seemed like it. Or even the one with uh, the adventures in babysitting with Elliot, it seemed like a ghost episode where he was talking to a ghost. Um, or where Leon and Leon took uh, Moby and Trenton in the car. It reminded me of those old desert movies where you pick up the hitchhiker and then a bunch of bad stuff happens to you. And White Rose, the fact that she she seems so capable and, and playing this 3D chess, but has this really sh dark vulnerability when it comes to the Washington Township plant that maybe be, could be exploited, that I find that just fascinating that someone is so together, could be so obsessed about something that might not actually be a reality thing. So yeah, White Rose is my favorite character. Plus she has the best lines. Oh my God. I had to tell you twice. Oh, I know. I had to tell you twice. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So those are always, I, I never know how to feel after she's delivered one of those lines. Like they're such showstoppers. They are just showstoppers. And BD Wong, he's always been a great character actor. And he's just, he's just tearing through this role. And I hope he gets more Emmy nominations. I hope more people are, give him roles that he had clearly. He clearly can be a lead, but like clearly he can, you know, be more in in movies and not just the the fifteen minute guy that pops in and, and pops out. That's always the best part of the film, or you're like, oh, I know that guy, I like him, but you know, has a stronger roles in the future. I I can't second that motion enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, BD Wong is fantastic, and I mean, I know we're gonna see more certainly of the White Rose storyline escalating in the next season. Uh -huh. Do you have any predictions for season four or things that you you hope you're going to see? Um, I would like to see what the whole Brave Tra Traveler Vera thing is going to be. Um, it's fascinating that he pops up now. I don't know what that will do to Elliot or even to Darlene, with how that will shift things. But I would like to see what what is going to happen. Is he going to get his comeuppance or is he going to escape again? Because I honestly think as far as uh, intellectually speaking, the way that Elliot thinks, that they're equal in that regards. And it would be interesting to see what that battle is going to be about or what his purpose is. But as far as season four, 
I have had the strongest belief. It is kind of started in season two. And it, I think it's been really reaffirmed. I sort of stepped away from the idea, but I think season three has proven that the Washington Township plant device is a MacGuffin. And we are never going to know what it is. It's a thing that's driving everyone's actions. It's a thing that you know dreams are made of. And we will, towards the end of season five, we'll never know what it is. It's just the object that gets everybody moving across the board. And it would be interesting to see if Angela is going to be successful in stopping the delivery of that plant and what that ramification will be. Now, in this past season, mm-hmm. were there any, any things you didn't like about it or any shortcomings you thought in the story? Yeah, I think they hinted a lot in this season that people were going to die. And they didn't. And I found that very odd and very weird. And I don't know if they were just seeding it for the universe or like, for example, the Darlene Dom are going to die in a plane theory. It's been around since I think almost season one for Darlene. And that that Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Um, I think this season there wasn't, even though there was a lot of consequences, there wasn't enough personal consequences towards Elliot. Um, I think if he had lost Darlene, it bit it would fit within the universe and there'd be a bit of a reality check. Because now he's back to they've reset everything and he's back to his delusion that he's gonna somehow take down the one percent. But as Philip Price had told him when he was in the Mr. Robot form, Elliot's not a real leader. He doesn't inspire an agenda. So what is he going to do to inspire agenda to rally people to, to, to launch his plan? Or is he going to continue being the lone wolf? And that was the only thing that I had a problem with um, the season finale. It just, I don't know where they're going. Um, I like some of the story wrap up, but just, it gives me pause. If they stick the landing, the opening of season four, then I'm fine. But it could almost be, it could be a, almost a jump, jump the shark moment for them the way they wrap things up they might have veered off track and so i have faith in the writers i just i'm like crossing my fingers i've been here before (laughs) i watch lost in x files i'm just hoping that you know they can come to a satisfying conclusion and i think that's definitely what we're all looking for as we get into season four Mm -hmm. So thanks so much, Hirosha, for talking with us today. Um, If people wanted to find your podcast or um, learn more about any other projects that you have, how could they find you? Okay. Um, I'm quite a bit across all social media. So, but you can find me at um, Hirosha Scheib, all one word on Twitter. Um, The podcast show is called uh, F Society RSC Podcast, a Mr. Robot show. It's in iTunes, Google Play, all the all those places. And I do have a website, which is F Society IRC podcast, where I place um, all the my shows as well as any bits of news and information on the website itself. And uh, you can join me in the Facebook group. Um, I did some giveaways this season. I'm going to probably reformat that uh, for next season. Uh, but you know, we try to have fun, try to show, you know, share information and engage with one another. And I just can't wait for season four. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my television hour now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. What do we do with our time? What do we do with our time? You know? And so I have to rethink, you know, what it is I'm going to spend my time because I put so much energy uh, this season because it was just so engaging um, on this show. So, yeah. So you can find me there. I'm also on YouTube if you want to see my face. 
talking about Mr. Robot. I, I'm going to have uh, one more show where I just do uh, my season four theories and uh, my last giveaway. And that's uh, pretty much it as far as wrapping up uh, Mr. Robot reviews. That's great. Well, thank you for listening to Mr. Rewatch. I recorded this episode. Uh, I'm based in Guelph, Ontario. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Hiroja Shai. Bonsoir. <laughs>